everybody keep here. The song we use today is The Mask by the band Los Fatso Libres. They're very cool, and be sure to check them out. Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me. Um, I'm Rose Kip, and with me is Allie. Hey, Allie. Hi. So, Allie, thank you so much for being my very special guest because today we're going to talk a little bit about wrestling. And basically, um, it's been a, a hectic time full of real life things and uh, vacations for us here at Common Ride with me. So, it just made more sense to have a other bonus episode. We'll be back next week talking about Kamen Rider Kiva, episode one. Bite, bite, breaking heart. Gar, ar, chop, evil. But regardless, um, yeah, we just, um, we'll be getting back to normal, but we wanted to have a, one more episode to fit with people, not stretch them too thin, because a work-life balance is important, and a work podcast balance is also important. Uh, So, yeah. You're about to be on a four-day vacation? Yeah, four days. Because we are finally going to go see Dynamite. Yes, AEW Dynamite. Um, but first, I do want to talk a little bit about um, why this matters just to somebody that, that likes Toku. But basically, um, wrestling is cool. Wrestling is better than a lot of people... We'll, we'll give it like credit for and like we'll get into why the perception is bad for wrestling but um why do you think that this is like relevant to somebody that might like toku babe um i mean it's basically live action effects in real life it's all the same kind of choreographic fighting um wrestling isn't real and is also very real all at the same time so mm-hmm. that's how it relates to toku i say a like similar thing where with wrestling like you get a lot of the same kind of um fantastic versions of like action but you also get like the the stories like um there's something very interesting i think um looking at the intersection of stage of like movies of like combat and like yes um i think we're past caring that wrestling isn't a shoot fight because that doesn't matter. I get that like people like wearing like tapped out shirts in, like two in like two thousand and like two or whatever. But um, at this point, it's fun to see what people can do with, like when they're like fully going for it. Because there's some people who like are extremely impressive, like wrestlers, like pure like skill, like Brian Danielson, pure talent, like Dante Martin. Like there's just a lot of people who uh, do incredible stuff. No, and, like, the storytelling is the wrestling, but there's also the storytelling outside of the wrestling. And I don't want to bury WWE too bad here, but um, basically, wrestling for 20-odd years in the West has been largely one company. The other companies got, like, mismanaged or, like, poorly funded to the point where, like, they got bought up. So there was, like, one game in town for, like, wrestling on TV, basically. Um... And, like, they got lazy. They were one kind of thing. Um, And it's not like the talent's fault. There's great talent. But, like, if you have seen, like, a WWE show, you probably, and you don't like wrestling, you probably don't like it because of the particular way they've done things. And they've done many different particular ways of things the past 25 years. But a lot of them have been rather off-putting. Like, when it was popular, like, it might have been, like, the whole, like, yeah, Stone Cold stuff, which is like 
was way more popular than what it became now where the shows now are to at least to my estimation largely unwatchable no i think they are definitely they can be disappointing but wwe is also what got me and a lot of other people into wrestling so like i'm not anti-wwe i just have a very specific viewpoint surrounding it i'm not either i'm just trying to say that like if you don't like wwe that doesn't mean you don't like wrestling it also maybe don't start with wwe maybe look at it as like a little bit of a weird side oddity thing sports entertainment versus pro wrestling yeah um yeah and there's so many cool talented people who are like incredibly good as people and at what they do there i will defend alexa bliss to my last breath um and they don't get well booked like she just had uh to foam at the mouth because her doll got ripped apart you know like that's not great storytelling. I just know that she got, like, whatever happened in the last one was shitty. I don't actually know what happened. So, like, she was facing Charlotte Flair for the title. Charlotte Flair ripped her doll in half. Oh. Then pinned Alexa. Then Alexa uh, put in her tablet to film with the mouth, but instead it just kind of looked pornographic as she screamed and picked up her doll. And it, <laughs> it was, like, eight minutes of her screaming and, like, picking up parts of her doll. And now she's not going to be here for a couple months. Oh, that's sad. This is why I don't watch it, even though I am very attached to specific characters. But there are certain people and characters, even like New Day, that like I'd just be like, oh, as a group, probably one of my favorite groups in wrestling, you know? I am so excited for that New Day Undertaker thing on Netflix. So let's talk a little bit about um, how we got into wrestling. Um. I knew about wrestling like Stone Cold, like growing up. I it saw the Scorpion King while I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, and I was like, "Ah, oh, cool!" Like, I like that. There's like Egyptian shit in media. I went to like a show with my cousin who needed somebody to take him last minute, just like at the height of like Budios for like seeing like the Usos versus um, the New Day in like 2016, 2015. But that was it for me for wrestling until. An anime YouTuber, um, Super Eyepatch Wolf, did a video on wrestling and then a follow-up video on the Golden Lovers, I think. Uh, but basically, um, just like talking about why it was interesting, why that was engaging. And uh, then we had to find a like local thing for your birthday. So I went for a like house show and they like, got us like tickets because like it, it was like because it was the kind of thing where like oh there's nothing to do and it's like your birthday we should go somewhere do something right and it was super fun i had really no prior interest or knowledge of wrestling up until that point we were talking about the house show and you're like i'm not sure but then i should do that video right after like i bought the tickets right to prep for going we watched those videos and I was immediately invested in Kenny Omega and the Golden Lovers and was crying every single time I thought about the Undertaker not being able to sit back up. Um, We'll get into the Golden Lovers in like a little bit, but like the Undertaker thing was like he lost a match at WrestleMania and his big thing, like his whole career was like sitting up like Michael Myers and like being like, I'm good, but he couldn't sit up and like, fell over in a but match. this was also like within the same year as me watching Halloween for this first time. So it was a big deal to me. And even though it's really easy to make me cry, I will immediately be invested in anything that can make me cry. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but we went to a house show and basically house shows are like a little like looser and like tend to be more fun. Um, but like th- this house show for so maybe it like Rochester was like a big deal because like they hadn't been here for a while, and like a lot of people were like invested. There's like um Brody Lee, like Luke Harper showed up, and like he hadn't been like on TV for like a while. Like lots of like Ronda Rousey was there, like Alexa Bliss was there, like a lot of people that like you would go on to like, babe. Natalia. Uh, yeah, we then watched WrestleMania. Yep, and we were kind of disappointed by it. It wasn't what. I was expecting much more of a spectacle, and even though we were really excited about Kofi, that was pretty much 
the only highlight of the event. Not Zack Ryder and whatever his friend Kurt Hawking. I don't remember this. Okay. <laughs> Not the demon blackface like Finn Balor. That was disappointing. Yeah. Um, no, I think that um, generally we wanted to get into wrestling. Like the house show have been fun. Like the videos have been like great. Um, largely a little disappointed with the product for WWE, which is not an indictment on the talent. Um, personally, we probably say there's some incredible athletes, some incredible performers, some incredible storytellers there that don't get to do what they're great at. Um, and it's not an indictment of them. Uh, but also, you probably shouldn't watch WWE if you're trying to get into wrestling. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that tends to be more consistent and less compromised. Do you think, you think that's fair to say, babe? Yeah, I think there's definitely still characters that you can be attached to in WWE. But, I mean, I fell off of WWE pretty much as soon as we started watching AEW. Yeah, because we... um, So get, like in the story of like how we got in wrestling um i saw like a tweet from aoc or like you saw like a tweet from like aoc about like cody rhodes and then we learned oh cody rhodes uh looks like a david lynch character and his friends of kenny omega and they're starting a new wrestling company at their first show is in two months like after wrestlemania it was just like oh this is like a perfect storm of stuff you know it was really perfect timing for us getting into wrestling and seeing all of that happening uh, watch that first show for AEW, like all like elite like wrestling. Uh, really like that. Was that like comparable to what you wanted WrestleMania to be, or it was much sim- more similar to WrestleMania? What I thought WrestleMania would be, like it was more like what I was expecting than WrestleMania had actually been. Mm-hmm. Like in my head, WrestleMania was like all of these fireworks and explosions and roller coasters. And like over the top, and I found that the pay per AEW pay per view was much more exciting than WrestleMania actually ended up being. Like you like seeing like um, Sammy Guevara come out in a panda hat more than you like the Miz losing to Shane McMahon. Okay, that's not comparable because I I was very upset. Why did you remind me of this? I realized something else happened oh, at that no. WrestleMania that was so long and felt it long. haunted me for the longest time i was attached to the miz because of scooby-doo who's awesome i'm awesome and that's all the point of reference i had and then shane mcmahon coming and punching his dad and ruining my life i i hold a grudge i do hold a grudge basically once we saw that we were like, oh, we might be people for AEW. That was a very good wrestling show, good storytelling show. Um, and we watched like their smaller shows over the summer, but like we're basically not watching wrestling. Or you're watching like Total Divas and like some Raw and SmackDown from like 2014, right? Like, yeah, like really old episodes of Raw. Like, I went as far back as Hulu was letting me. So I was watching Daniel Bryanson join. Um, join the Wyatt family at that point and the shield like being the shield yeah um and then when the weekly show started for AEW we were just like oh watching it like every week there's a lot of like it felt like there's a lot of people who were enjoying what they were doing having input being themselves as far as like their not like being themselves but being their character as they wanted to having creative control over their stories and their characters and not like too much it wasn't like um old school like like that doesn't work for me brother i'm not gonna like lose here it was much more like oh even if they maybe had to like lose or whatever it wasn't like they were getting like cast aside or like treated badly like there's a lot of stuff where like they were consistent it always made sense yeah um and they told good stories, long stories. They did simple things. They didn't um, have a lot of like discrepancies. It's just like, okay, people are doing stuff and they're being placed in the stories and the stories have clear outcomes and like finishes like good or bad. Um, and we liked it just a lot. Um, 
and the action also like tends to be very good. There's some really high class like wrestlers. Like one thing that you notice, I think, when you um look at places that aren't WWE is that they are allowed to wrestle different styles. And I think with early Dynamite, there's like a chaotic energy. Like that first, like 2019, like eight EW was like very chaotic, and like it's gotten a little bit cleaner but it's still like very varied what people can do and like how they can move and like do certain moves and stuff you know what do you think is like the thing that makes you interested in wrestling the most honey i think it's definitely the storytelling and like kind of like the multimedia storytelling like you get it in the fights and there's clear storytelling just within a match but then also you get the video packages and the promos and which tunnel they're coming out of and every little detail really gets to me. Because wrestling is so much, um, these are real people with like real bodies and they age in real time and the story happens in real time. And that's so engaging. It's like, even with comics, like you might see a story happening over years and years in real time, but like, Peter Parker is not aging the same way, you know, like Tony Stark is not like dealing with like actual injuries the same way. Like they can be healed. Two months can pass in like one, like in like one panel or something, you know? Right. They have to be able to incorporate real life events into the storytelling, even if that alters the story that they originally planned on. Yeah. And, um, the interesting thing too is I think um, a lot of people started to do like shoulder content and by that I mean like even the most like zipped up places like WWE like you have people who are living the gimmick on social media and like talking about their matches talking about their opponents like hinting at things Um, you have like vlog series like um part of the reason that all elite wrestling happened was because of being the elite, which is their like comedy YouTube series where they showed themselves like while they were traveling, like not at wrestling shows that like got super popular and like got like super influential. Um, They're like old school YouTube travel vlogs with skits. Yeah. One of the young talents also had like a vlog that became big enough that his friend became like signed and like got super over and stuff and was like a major like feel good moment tornado yeah um it's just like oh like the storytelling is like so great too because like you can have stuff like oh um these people have had six matches over the past nine years and every time it started with this one move and next time that move gets countered next time that counter gets countered and like that kind of stuff and like there's like a lot um perhaps the most of this the most at this is um the golden lovers or just like kenny omega um because the golden lovers are maybe the story that's most engaging if you don't watch wrestling currently i think it's really what got us invested into it so let's talk about that story really uh because basically kenny omega is fill in the blank baby <laughs> You have three words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega is an extremely good wrestler. Extremely good storyteller. Commonly called like the best in the world at, at like both, really. Um, A skunk. Basically, um, the story of the Golden Lovers is that young indie wrestler Kenny Omega wanted to wrestle young Japanese like wrestler like Kota Legabushi. They had a match that was incredible. And then the company wanted to book them in Japan for a like rematch. But then Kenny said no or like they both said no and they instead became a, a, a tag team called the Golden Brothers. They started kissing <laughs> During their match, they're like, no, we're the Golden Lovers. Has like a comedy gimmick, but also they like very clearly like teasing through their matches and through like social media that like they are romantically entwined, you know? 
and even if they're not they're sure like very engaged um they are incredible tag team like their matches are getting like match of the year which like is like a big no-no because like you guys haven't earned that slot like the old timers should have this like the veterans you know but um then they eventually like reach a point where like kenny feels like he can't keep up with like coda's natural talent and they have like a rematch for the first time since they like started teaming like four years ago which kenny loses but it's like an incredible match like Hibushi like jumps off of like a balcony he got told not to jump <laughs> off of and gets banned from the building. Um, I love them. Yeah. So like they love each other and they love wrestling and that's really all that matters. Kenny is a big nerd with like curly hair. <laughs> Kota Ibushi is like uh, the epitome of golden retriever boyfriend. <clears throat> yes. He's a massive himbo. He's a Goku. He's like extremely talented, but also like very airheaded. Like, um, doesn't like to read. <laughs> he thinks that like reading is like mind control because it hijacks your brain and makes you like see things. And he only makes it an exception to read like the Dragon Ball manga. Uh, he also is always wearing like super expensive like streetwear and stuff. <laughs> he has the most perfect, adorable, <laughs> fluffy hair. When the pandemic started, he. He was like in his bedroom doing moonsaults onto his phone. I forgot about that. He goes to bed one hour later every day, so he has twenty five hours in the day. He's perfect. Um. Also, like, looks like a fucking god. <laughs> then uh, Kenny joins this like heel faction called the Bullet Club, which is like this like Western wrestler like underserved, but now they're evil like faction of like leather jacket wearing bad boys. Um. Prince Devitt. Yeah, Prince Devitt is there. Um, Kenny is like a very leather, very like long, skunk-like hair, like white and like black. Um, and around that time, it's like when Coda leaves um, New Japan Wrestling and goes and travels the world. So Kenny is like moving up to like heavyweight. He's like getting better and better. He's like, oh, wow. Like he's like the next best thing the same time like Coda's like at like kaiju big battle wrestling which we previously covered um and um fighting people dressed as like giant monsters or like he's in london like shooting fireworks off his like six-pack and stuff <laughs> um he's like high-fiving vince mcmahon and getting in trouble uh, at like a tournament yeah um and he's like not signed anywhere whereas like Kenny is becoming that dude um so eventually um Kenny's on this big chase to finally beat like Kazuch Okada, like who's this like incredible final boss, like golden coin champion with the belt for like two years, and like Kenny can't beat him and stuff. And the Bullet Club is starting to turn on Kenny. There's this guy, uh, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, <laughs> and uh, his lackey, Hangman Adam Page. Who are very upset because they want to lead the Bullet Club. I really hope my sad sighs are caught by the microphone. Yes, that I tend to like lead them out, but not this time. Uh, but yeah, so they have Kenny goozled and they're gonna like hurt him. And then like that's when Coda runs in, and it's the first time they've been in like the same ring for like years it's the first time they talk for months after like a whole issue like a year or two ago in a hallway but like it's the first time like they've been across like a ring from each other in like four years or like six years actually and um kenny can't bring himself to talk to coda or like thank him or like acknowledge him and like coda's trying to get him to and then coda just like hugs him and then Kenny hugs him back and then fucking like <laughs> streamers go everywhere from the ceiling and like balloons come down and fireworks go off. I don't know. And I cry forever. And like all the fans are crying. They're like, oh my God, it's the Golden Lovers. Then, short then shortly thereafter, Kenny gets that like big win and like a match like broke star rating scales and like stuff it was like, like commonly called like one of the most incredible matches ever. Um, so yeah. 
Um, that's Golden Lovers for now. Um, more recently, Kenny left Japan to join AEW, and they're just sad on social media. But like, there's a point where they were both world champions, and Kenny was like, "In the land of gods, is it truly worthwhile?" Unless one god has decided or something like that. Just very much wanting to hurt me. Well, yeah, wanting to hurt you, but uh, he like he's themed after like Sethiroth. So yeah, he wants to hurt you. Okay, but I didn't know that until like six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And it was an entire accident that I found that out. My little brother was listening to a Sephiroth YouTube video that referred to him as the one wicked angel. And I flipped out because that was a wrestling thing to me, not a Final Fantasy thing. Yeah, so... Kenny has a special move called the One Ringed Angel that is a finisher nobody has ever kicked out of. Um, Kota Ibushi technically has, but that was back before it was his finisher and back before he became heavyweight. So since it's been his finisher, um, nobody's kicked out of it. Um, they're, they're currently working on another story, Kenny, um, and not Kota, but um, called the saga of the anxious bloody cowboy. <laughs> I picked Adam Page the second that I met him. He was my favorite wrestler. The moment he came out, we were watching, was it all out? It was Double or Nothing. We were watching Double or Nothing, and it was a battle royale. I had never seen a battle royale up to this point. And that moment cemented it as one of my favorite methods of storytelling. Wrestling or battle royales? Battle Royales. Well, both, but specifically Battle Royales. Hangman Adam Page comes out a cowboy with an injured leg. (laughs) A very significant and traumatizing moment of mine and my little sister's lives growing up was when we watched the Saddle Club movie and they had to shoot Cobalt because he broke his leg. So... Hangman on Page's significance was all the more significant to me. And he was my immediate favorite without having any other knowledge of him. No knowledge of him as part of the Bullet Club. No understanding of him having any interaction with Kenny Omega or any of the others. I just, I picked him. He was mine. Yeah. Um, and basically that became like a long-term story. He won that match and got a shot at the first title he lost he uh was upset because his friends did not come to his side during that um he was just kind of in the background started to drink started to like post more stuff on social media started like have lower thirds had more detail he eventually became in a tag team with Kenny omega and they won the tag team like championships um they got in a fight with the Young Bucks, the people who were Kenny's best friends, who founded the Elite, that became being the Elite, became like AW, um, but also were the people who didn't come out to to like second like Hangman Page. Um, big match, basically. Hangman took it personally and um, wasn't gonna not win, <laughs> you know. Um, and then um, they won long term story he's not feeling great eventually some southern boys at FTR show up that are the young bucks like ancestral like rivals that they've never wrestled before um, they basically trick hangman into into saying they'll be his friends but they actually won't and he ends up like hurting the young bucks getting kicked out of the like elite uh and then he's like super messed up when he finally faces like ftr of Kenny. they lose Kenny is going to like hit him with a chair but then just decides not to and like just like lets him be in a heap in the middle of the ring uh hangman and kenny are broken up they get into tournament they fight in the finals Kenny wins shortly thereafter like 
Kenny gets the belt. Hangman has nothing. No group. No friends. Um, another group called the, the Dark Order, which is basically a like uh, mail order cult, a multi-level marketing <laughs> cult, not a mail order cult. <laughs> but just like their whole thing is like helping, pe- like let us help you if you're like downtrodden. And they were like uh, kind of saved as like an act by the the arrival of Brody Lee. Let's talk about Brody Lee. Brody Lee was supposed to premiere at the Rochester show that we had tickets for. FKA Luke Harper. Right at the start of the pandemic. I was immediately attached to him when we saw him at the WWE house show. I really didn't have any understanding of wrestling, but... You got the, the hometown pop. Way that the crowd reacted to him coming out, and then also his um, opening, his entrance video, where he was like a backwoods Jesus figure. I was immediately in love with him, and I was so excited that we were going to get to see his premiere. He was somebody who wasn't well utilized in WWE, but it was just like. Very beloved backstage, very good wrestler, very good look. Like he was like six, eight, wild beard dude who wrestled great. Um, could have been like a monster anywhere like he went, but just like was was kind of treated like a jobber because I don't know because he didn't have like a southern accent. I guess it it is the main thing I heard that like Vince wanted him to have more of like a like southern accent. Um. But regardless, um, when he came to AEW, it sucked because like, it was supposed to be like our show in like his hometown. We were the first show that got canceled due to coronavirus. And that is where we're going um, this week, which is great. I'm so excited. Um, but basically, um, Brody Lee made the group just this big, imposing like dude yelling at everybody, hitting them with like papers on BTE and having like fun comedy skits where like they were like poor fuck-ups and he was super mad at them all the time brought in anna jay as the queen slayer yes that's also <laughs> but just he brought people in he made the group like a like a legitimate threat he beat the shit out of cody rhodes one time just like good vibes um one of the only people i would have accepted destroying cody rhodes that quickly <laughs> no offense baby it's it's not that hard to make you accept beating up cody rhodes malachi black did it brody lee did it those are two very specific cases. I'm just saying you can start to form a bit of a shape. Like, it's not like triangulation, but you can be like, huh, there's some commonalities here. I mean, are they aesthetic and well-dressed? <laughs> um, do they have a vibe? But no, um, regardless, Brody Lee, around the same time that Hangman is like, floundering um he's out and the dark order because he's not around is like much more like harmless and like nice and they end up like helping hangman like not get eliminated like in like a match where like if he hit the ground like he'd be like out and like they pick him up and like put him back in and and like they're like very clearly like starting to be friends and then like right at the end of 2020 the news comes out that Brody Lee has passed. Um, and I can't think of somebody in a sport, in a field, who has universally and roundly just been that celebrated in their past. People love the dude everywhere. Um, every wrestling like group talked about it. Like Every like company, every wrestler seemed to like talk about it and like it happened on like a friday the next show for AEW was on a wednesday they completely rewrote the card to be like a tribute show they let um brody's son brody <laughs> both get like a mask and join the dark order as like negative one because and let him like book a match using his favorite wrestlers even though like it didn't make sense story-wise but also like they made it make sense story-wise they just had this incredibly beautiful like tribute show it's been nine months, and I still literally 
can't think about it without crying. Like, that is not an exaggeration. I cry about it probably, like, once a week. Yeah. At that point, the Dark Order were a face faction. <laughs> it was just like, they were already clearly faces just being led by somebody who wasn't a fuck up and could make them more dangerous, but also more evil. Uh, Brody's passing, they just were clear faces. Um, and they eventually, after some hiccups, they don't get Adam Page to join the like, Hangman, but they do get him to be their friend. Um, don't need a hat to be a cowboy. And then eventually he goes to challenge like Kenny for the title. At this point, Kenny and the Young Bucks are super big heels with like weird facial hair and, and Don Callis. And like they have like this like dude talking for them named Don Callis, who's like a real like slimy dude. They have some friends from like another company that come in and are weird. They have like some people that they've like made evil to spray them with like cold spray and stuff. Well, they're just like the biggest douchebags. Like they're doing stupid things with clothes and earrings and stuff. Instead of just saying you could have this match at the next pay-per-view hangman versus Keddy, they turn it into like a five on five match where the dark order will also get tag team shots. Um, if they win the big schmoz, like, the whole Dark Order like comes out like with Hangman in like themed gear and like a video package, and the Elite comes out sponsored by Space Jam, <laughs> um, doing basketball tricks, just like the biggest d bags. Um, and the match ends with Hangman three on one versus the Young Bucks and Kenny. He takes out one of them, but eventually falls to like Kenny, and he hasn't been seen since. And if I'm really, really, really lucky, I get to see him this week. I think so. I hope so. But yeah, there are big, important, long stories. We talked maybe too long about two of them, but uh, just, yeah, there's great stories and the action tells it. Like people respond to be injured in a match and they might like spend a match like getting kicked in the leg and that turns into... um them selling that like the whole match maybe that's like how they lose or maybe they get hurt in the leg and then they're in a match next week but their legs taped up and they can't do certain moves you know and there's and like long kayfabe the whole time and nobody told you yeah there's lots of incredible characters um we're big fans of like aw um they're probably the best place to start for wrestling like currently um but there's other companies too that are like great um you like impact like formerly tna if you watch tna back in the day and it got weird around like 2010 or whatever this is like a new management and it's much more just like a like a adult it's fun i love rosemary i love diana there's there's a lot to enjoy it kind of gives me mad TV vibes. I don't know about that. Oh, it like is like partially like backstage comedy stuff. It's like partially like like real wrestling, but like it's like very much like they have like a much smaller roster of people. They have a lot of rematches. They have a much smaller roster, so you get more attached to the characters, and their backstage stuff is always so much fun. It it feels a lot less serious than AEW, but in a good way. Yeah. Um. Then there's like um, after WWE and like AW, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, if you want a sports like feel, like uh, this is probably where you want to go. Um, they're currently doing the G1 Climax, which is a 30 day round robin like tournament where basically like it's in blocks. So like if you're um in the A block, there's nine people. You're gonna wrestle all eight of those other people. If you're in the B block, same thing. Then there's like a final for the block. And then there's like a final between those two block winners. It's like constant matches like over the like course of a month. It's like a very big like thing. And like you can just like watch every match one person has. And there's like a story told there. And uh, that is really cool. Uh, it's also not as accessible. It's not like weekly TV. It's much more of like a show format. So like might be one show a month, might be lots of house shows. 
it's a little harder to follow uh but there's a lot of great people there um that's probably like the third biggest company in the world um there's like tons of other stuff there's like um gcw which is like a very big indie right now that does lots of like cool matches lots of death matches has this like dude named nick gage who once died in the middle of a match and tried to go back and like finish the match when he got like when he got brought back to life jericho with a pizza cutter during a commercial for a pizza company yeah he didn't know that to be fair um there's um some other cool stuff um ddt pro wrestling is this like comedy but also serious like pro wrestling company that's where um kenny omega and like abushi like got their like stripes basically and like got good and got big um it's great um there's this subscription service called russell universe that uh to today actually october 1st is relaunching uh to be more accessible it has like five different wrestling companies um one is like ddt which is like very engaging and fun and like the matches like they're greatly wrestled but also they're um like um they're uh greatly wrestled but also they're like very um fun matches like there's like one match like where it's like uh this one dude wants to kiss the ceo of the company but the wrestler like one half of the wrestlers don't want him to because then they'll stop paying the company and drop them as like clients so they're like wrestling through the office building as he's trying to get to like the like suite for that like that executive and stuff um there's a lot of cool like joshi shit uh like tokyo joshi pro and like stardom are like really cool like japanese women's wrestling that is like fucking like the character work and like the work rate like they (laughs) it's a bunch of people like that are like i didn't want to be a singer or a model or an actress except for maybe sometimes like there's lots of like 16 year old like Japanese girls like that are basically like, okay for 10 years I'll do this and just kick the shit out of people and like have fun characters um there's pro there's pro wrestling Noah uh which is even more sports based and like a little more old school and a little more maybe realistic quote unquote um than even like New Japan that is like very good wrestling um that's just stuff that I like like personally uh there's more uh there's a Chaco po- Chaco Pro Wrestling, which is like um, this wrestling show that, that takes place in Kichiga Chocolate Square, which is like a uh, small it's a YouTube show basically where they don't have enough space for a wrestling ring, so they have a mat on the floor in the middle of this room and they just like bring in a bunch of like famous wrestlers like mixed in with their local like trainees and the comedy people. And they just like do matches in this like room, like just using like the window at one end of the room and like on this mat. And it's like a lot of fun. Um, you could see people like Lulu Pencil there, you know? And Crop Top Man. Can I say something embarrassing? Will you cut it when it's too embarrassing? <laughs> yes. Okay, say the name again. It you got Chocolate Square for Chocolate Pro Wrestling. Chocopo wrestling. I thought I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was like a reference to Chocoboos. I mean, I'm really <laughs> embarrassed right now. I want to go away. I think maybe it's a reference insofar as Chaco might just be like a shorthand for like cute or small. <laughs> like, oh, it's like a chocolate bunny. It's cute and small, you know? I don't know. But yeah, uh, it is not Chocobo Pro Wrestling. It is not like Final Fantasy theme. That's not getting cut. It's <laughs> so embarrassed. That is it. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of cool wrestling. I'd say try out like Choco Pro if you're like into some like cute weird comedy stuff. Um, if you're more into the weird stuff and the storytelling and the improv stuff, my Favorite thing was Bryce Remsburg, one of the AEW refs, yes, 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 wrapping a match between Invisible Man and Invisible Stan. 
Please go watch that. It's incredible. That is free on YouTube. I was just about to say, let's let's recommend some matches. I think that match is very good. Um, that one, when Gentleman Jervis is rocking Orange Cassidy to sleep. I don't know if that one's as, as available, but yes, like Gentleman like Jarvis versus like Orange Cassidy. But um, the, the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand matches. Basically, there is an I- invisible wrestler called Invisible Man who is a face. And this is the cool thing about like wrestling. People have like matches with like blow up dolls and like mops and like ladders and like stuff, or like a person who does not exist. Um, and they'll make it real. Like they'll have a full match. Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan was where Invisible Stan's um, heel brother and to make sure like face is good guy, heel bad guy. Um, one of the wrestle. So it's a wrestling match by two invisible competitors. It is a spectacle. Um, Bryce Remsburg does so much in it. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. I would say uh, for other wrestling matches that are a little more conventional, um, your favorite has to be the Cody versus like Dustin Rhodes match. from. I would highly recommend the Cody versus Dustin Rhodes match from Double or, Double or Nothing. Yep. From Double or Nothing. I'd make sure you watch the promos beforehand to really feel all of the feels. The amount of blood in a Cody Rhodes match is not something I was prepared for. And it is one of my favorite aspects of wrestling, if I'm being completely yeah, honest. Because for WWE, they kind of banned blood. So when he started to bleed, it was like, oh, what? Like a lot of people were like surprised. I was. I was surprised. It was still at the point where I was really unclear on how much of wrestling is fake and how much of wrestling is real. And the two of them covered in blood and it ending with, I don't need a tag partner. I just need my big brother. It killed me forever. There's a bunch of elite matches. So I'll just say um, the match that is... um, Hangman and Kenny versus Young Bucks at Revolution. Very good match. Um, there is um, the Elite versus Hangman and the Dark Order. Very good match. Um, Cody and Brody's dog ma- dog collar match is very good. I like um, <coughs> their first match is maybe better. <laughs> I'd say it wasn't in the moment to me. I know. Um, there's the street fight between Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho and like Sammy Guevara, which is like this match where they were playing with the fact that they were in like an empty like arena and they had golf carts and like ice boxes and like trash cans. You didn't know they were going to do skits. I didn't know they were going to do skits. Um, Both th- stadium stampedes are incredible. That's where I was going. Yeah. Uh, which is a like film c- cinematic match. Um, I like the lights out match with um like. Britt Baker at Thunder Rosa. That's a very good match. Um, a lot of the X Division matches in like Impact are very fun. I would say, um, if you want to check out um, the Chris Brooks versus like Pencil Army matches in Chaco Pro are very good. Um, I'd say just like look at what people really like from the G1 Climax and watch some of those matches because like they're matches without context, but like tons of context they're like very much like the high gear for people in the year it's like a like marathon where they're doing like 30 matches like in that month um both cage matches in AEW are incredible um the single match between Cody and Wardlow and then the tag team championship match recently between the Young Bucks and um the Lucha Brothers is amazing um, any promos from Eddie Kingston where he like airs his grievances? Anytime Eddie Kingston talks, anytime Miro talks. Remember that one time where he did like the graphic, just said like Eddie Kingston will air his grievances, <laughs> and he looks up at God like the first one. Just look at any of the lower thirds throughout Dynamite; they're incredible. They are like one of the best bonus storytelling elements that dynamite adds really i'd say if you want to go um look up the eddie kingston versus 
Sean Moxley promos there on YouTube. And those are very good. Um, and yeah, so wrestling school is like, we haven't talked about kayfabe at all. Um, <laughs> That's because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm at the and neither does Eddie Kingston. <laughs> um, so what is kayfabe, babe? Kayfabe is when everything feels really, really, really real, but and it is, but also it's fake. Yeah, kayfabe is like the psychic distance mixed reality of in wrestling, when you're kicking somebody, you might be kicking them on their shoulders, but it's meant to look like you're kicking them in the face. You might just be hitting your knee and it's supposed to be like you're actually hitting them. It's also like the story like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. This is why I'm going to come after you. Even though we're secretly still best friends and love each other. So kayfabe is that reality. Um, It's very cool. Like as far as like the physicality side of kayfabe, like and like selling moves and stuff. I think it's interesting because sometimes like people get weird, but like, oh, it's not mixed martial arts. It's like not like a real. But oh yeah, they have like those fighters maybe do like three fights a year. These people are doing like matches every week, you know? I think kayfabe is so much cooler because you have to understand both the storytelling aspect and the practical effect aspect. Like they are still physically doing these things and they have to like make sure not to hurt each other while they're doing it, but also make sure they're expressing the storyline at the same time. And like their character too. So it's like, you might be, my character would do this because I'm this character. You also might be like, my character is injured and I'm not like, how do I show that? You know, or like my character's being like hit in the leg and I'm not. Um, and yeah, just, I think that kayfabe is very cool. Um, and just, it leads to a lot of fun storylines. Um, I will say that don't, don't want to like keep knocking on WWE cause we just tend not to, enjoy it but one thing that happens in a lot of other companies is that they reward you for keeping up with stories and details this is especially big in the one we've been talking about a lot aew but um they reward you for this and that is not always the case in wwe we're like outside of maybe wrestlers doing a reference in like the moves they use and even then maybe being like yelled and told they can't um, I think that it's very cool uh, how history layers on itself. And it could just be like these people have had four matches without any other story attached, but it's changed how they wrestle, changed how they approach each other, you know? Yeah, everything influences everything in kayfabe, whether it's something else that is also kayfabe, whether it's something else that is real, it all snowballs into like this one really amazing storytelling device. And sometimes I forget with wrestling that the matches happen. <laughs> Cause like with such like big stories and big moments. And like, it's like sometimes you might be enjoying a match the whole way through, but only remember one moment because of how much it popped. And like, that's not that the match is bad. That in fact, probably means the match is good so yeah that's kayfabe is there like anything else that people should know about wrestling if you think you don't like it you should probably try again because <laughs> there is some element that you can latch on to yeah honestly um we're very excited to be going to the show that will have passed by this point but in like rochester for like aw um I'd recommend going to an indie show if you can't support like your local indie uh, when it's safe and if they have the proper mandates and all that. Um, even like a not super indie, like a very indie indie <laughs> will be fun. Like even if it's not the best work, cause, like like the fans are like very engaged. Um, the emotional engagement is an aspect of it that like can't be undersold. And the chants and stuff. I love wrestling chants. Like there's stuff like. Um, you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. The engagement is like incredible too, because it's like live action fan fiction. Yes. And there's even stuff like we haven't even like touched on, like um Matt Cardona, who was this dude who was like this like guy from Long Island bullshit like dude forever in like 
his whole thing was like saying, bro, he got over on like super early YouTube. Then WWE was like, fuck you for getting over and buried him, buried him, buried him, just like made him not valuable. They eventually fired him. So he decided to play up that like corporate WWE guy got like the biggest indie like deathmatch title and just like <laughs> was a big old heel from a from like just saying stuff like fuck you fans like I'm like the deathmatch king all that loves his girlfriend and intergender tags with her on impact and that's like another cool thing is that like people that in wrestling can just go wherever they want right now and it's so interesting it's like there's this like this like whole like forbidden door concept but like even there's open borders outside of like in the WWE like across indies and like smaller companies a lot and like even in like like in the bigger companies now there's like it's just so weird that like people from AEW are treated like actual independent like contractors and can like go to other like places that don't have TV you're able to hold belts within multiple companies yeah and like even then like there's been stuff going on between the bigger companies where like normally that's a little bit more fraught because like they're on TV and there's licensing deals and there's stuff going on between like New Japan and like AEW and like Impact and all this stuff that's like super cool because they're big enough where usually like the borders aren't open on that level usually. So yeah, that's great. Um, there's so much great wrestling. There's so much great wrestling we haven't even like talked about like Ice Ribbon, Dragon Gate, Triple uh, A, <laughs> like, um, there's so much cool stuff. Um, Camp Leapfrog, like that kind of stuff. Um, I really want Camp Leapfrog to do well. Um, it's like a summer camp themed, like super indie thing, and like it's like half like pool games and half like wrestling matches. Um, but yeah, regardless, there's so much wrestling. I'd say just like look for recommendations of like in the past like five years stuff and you'll be like hey this really cool thing here um there's some aspect that will appeal to you you just have to find your way in and like if you like current WWE, i just don't recommend that be the first place that you look um it has some weird camera work some a lot of a lot of lights a lot of lights um a lot of weird stuff happening like finn baylor's nuts being too heavy and like breaking the ring and like he dies really didn't think that was real yeah uh that's not <laughs> too bad but yeah um regardless um that's wrestling that's the matches that's some companies everybody cross your fingers that i get fallen angel cd that, that's for like five people but sure like oh like i, I love toku but also tia actually i know at least two people I would care. But regardless, uh, yes. I'm hoping for Hangman, personally. and Me too, but if I don't get Hangman, then I want Fallen Angel CD. I, I think something positive, Dark Order. So, here are the predictions for Dynamite that we will have been to by now, but I have not been to yet. Uh, Hangman. Hangman. Fallen Angel CD. Wyndham Rotunda Rutledge Wood. Rutledge Wyndham Price. Rutledge, okay. Um, something Dark Order, even if it's not Hangman or like before him, new TNT champion. I hope so. I will flip out if Sammy wins. I hope Sammy wins. I don't want Miro's reign to ever end, but I hope Sammy wins. Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots. What if JR sees Dippin' Dots? <gasps> JR is gonna be there. <laughs> I forgot. That's his favorite. <laughs> Aren't Cassie's gonna be there? Like, cause on Rampage, Trent has be to be there. I don't. Sue could be there. Yes, he might not be able to wrestle, but Trent will be there. But they're filming Rampage, which is the Jack Evans versus Arch Cassie hair versus hair match. I forgot. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> Look up Arch Cassidy. Actually, if you're Arch Cassidy, Danhausen. Arch Cassidy loves Fast and the Furious. That's his favorite. Yeah, no, um, there are a lot of cool personalities. I'd say check out Dan House, ch check out like Arch Cassidy if you aren't into wrestling. Um, they're fun boys. Um, <laughs> the best boys, best boys. Um, 
that is wrestling. That is us talking about things that are maybe too deep for an episode on the way she watched wrestling. But hey, uh, I just have lots of feelings. It's good. Feelings are good. But when we're not talking about wrestling, where people find you? At Ali Sorrow on Twitter. You can find me at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Copyrights Me on Twitter and Instagram. You can send in questions to podcast at copyrightme.com uh, or to us on Twitter. Uh, please rate and view on our podcast. Every one helps us get closer to uh, goals like at um, 15, 25, like 35, like, et cetera. That means that we will be looking at um, who have a like, that means there will be a like contest with a prize. And yeah. Check out our podcast with Inna's podcast and the name of the moon will podcast you about Sailor Moon and let us know that you also think we should do a Riverdale one. Okay. Uh, and also let us know if you want a Sopranos podcast. Hey, I'm podcast over here. Vote Riverdale. And check out comrapper.com slash episodes for a link to all of our episodes with different podcast providers. There's comrapper.com slash merch for all of our merch. And yeah. Don't break kayfabe. You've been listening to us podcast the hard way. <laughs> we didn't explain that joke. It's okay. When you cut yourself open, it's the easy way. When somebody else does it for you, it's the hard way. So we just podcasted for you. Got nothing. What did we learn? Put it all in the ring. Love what you love. Love what you love. Um, love your friends. Kiss your friends. Enemies. Kiss your enemies. <laughs> Square on the lips. <laughs> Fuck capitalism and kiss your enemies. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Stay sexy, don't get murdered. This is my favorite murder podcast. Sign off. Oh, is I it? That was the only thing I could think of. I haven't listened to that in over a year. I don't know why that was what I came up with before fuck capitalism and go home. Stay working. Don't get caught in a shoot. Wear your boots and get ready for shoots. But don't take your boots off because it makes me cry. Slap your knee. It's time for the tea. tea. Don't play sports. Wear jorts. I didn't know they were going to do skits. The point was not the incest. The point was the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, I might cut the point was not the incest and then uh, have what I say here. I know you're cutting all of it. You said you would. It's not nice to talk shit about people who. You talk shit about me all the time. I do not. I have never talked shit about you in my life. <laughs> like, that's what you're going to open with, isn't it? Maybe. <sighs> Is my audio good? Did you tell me that yet? You're fine. Okay. <coughs> I'm not oscillating. Not too bad. Cool. Just try and keep a distance and volume. Distance. Is this better then? I never know how close I'm supposed to be. I'm not looking at you. Oh, okay. Never mind. I could. Well, I thought you'd be able to see from the EVPs. What does that mean? <laughs> EVP... Electronic voice phenomenon. Oh, then no. I can see from the the sound wave. <laughs> That's what I meant. I'm not like seeing you be like <laughs> Bart killed me. But it looks like knife. an EVP. It's called a sound wave. That's dumb. Yes, because they just call it shit. They're like, hey, this common occurrence. It's not Zach Baggins' fault. That's like actually a term. I'm not blaming Zach Baggins for this one. But can you like just put all of this at the end, like on waypoint? Yes, but no. Uh, so it's just a normal thing. There's sound waves everywhere. Colleagues for certain sound waves, things. It's dumb. That's my. Truth. Okay, but I didn't know that that I didn't know that they were called sound waves. EVPs were my only point of reference. I understand that what I'm doing is not an EVP because I am not a ghost. That you know of. Allegedly. That you know of. I mean, I do have lots of proof that you're a ghost. Always cold. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you, you need like at least three. Old-timey dynamic. Wait, what? You need at least three. Okay. Uh, always cold. You have a little spiral for a butt, like the like ghost do. A little wisp. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not Casper. You're Casper-esque. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can't walk. That was one time. One time. That's been that one time has happened like three or four times. A year. <laughs> it's never happened the same way as that one time. Let's see. Okay, can you just start the podcast? I am incriminating myself in so many ways. 